Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you. Providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, President of Senior Care Consulting. Thanks so much for tuning in today. You are appreciated. Senior Care Live is the nation's premier radio program providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. This is a safe place to get accurate and reliable information you can absolutely count on. Each and every week, we discuss important issues such as how to remain independent in your own home, how to find the right senior care community, how to pay for the high cost of senior care, and legal issues involving elder law and estate planning. We also discuss senior-related health issues and how to care for the caregiver. As always, if you have a question, you can reach us on our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. You can also visit us online. It's a great website. Go out and check it out. It's at Senior Care Live, L-I-V-E, Senior Care Live. Dot com. All right, so we have a really good program for you here today. Really, really interesting. My special guest today, and we're, we're not in studio. We're still socially distanced. We're being uh, we're being safe and uh, healthy, and uh, and we're doing a good job here. So so we're on a, a Zoom a Zoom meeting here. So uh, so we are social distance. But uh, my special guest today, Jim Coulter and Darlene Timmerman. Mr. Coulter is the Director of Clinical Trials at the Masonic Cancer Alliance, which is the outreach network of the University of Kansas Cancer Center. Ms. Timmerman is the Clinical Research Nurse at Olathe Health Cancer Center, which is a clinical research partner of the Masonic Cancer Alliance. In recognition of National Cancer Research Month, we're going to learn more today about clinical trials and a clinical trial network known as NCOR. And that sounds really, really interesting. I'm, I'm just so uh, excited to jump into this. So, Jim, uh, let's go ahead and start with you today. Uh, uh, please give us a brief overview of what a cancer clinical trial is. Steve, thank you. I'm always excited to talk about cancer clinical trials with uh, 
with folks. And uh, just to let your listeners know, uh, Cancer Clinical Trial is a research study that's already been reviewed in the lab. Maybe lab animals are on a, 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 a bench and now it's ready to ask actual cancer patients, real humans, to help participate. Uh, different purposes of the study, uh, most of them are trying to find out if a new treatment will help slow down or reduce the cancer. Uh, other types of clinical trials for uh, cancer might be structured to diagnose or prevent cancer. We also have some clinical trials that are looking at ways to manage the symptoms or side effects from the cancer or the therapy that is given to help reduce the cancer. Mm -hmm. Every cancer clinical trial is designed to answer uh, uh, questions about cancer. It might look at treatment, patient's perspective on how the treatment or disease is affecting their quality of life. One thing we know for sure is that every cancer clinical trial is going to help in the overall understanding about cancer. All of the standard of care clinical trials or uh, treatments that we have today were at one time a clinical trial. Okay, and I just um, I, I think this is where I think this is where it's at. We get a we get to explore uh, you know new uh, new opportunities and maybe maybe hit a home run in there. I mean, you, you're, we're always swinging for the fences, but you know what, what if we come out with something that could actually stop a cancer, prevent a cancer? Uh, that is really, really exciting. So, uh, uh, Jim, are clinical trials right for every patient with cancer? I think most oncologists, physicians, uh, surgeons would agree that uh, a cancer patient probably ought to think about the possibility of a clinical trial. Uh, maybe it's not right for everyone, and a clinical trial is specifically designed to group like people together so that it can reach the answer to the question that they're studying. So clinical trials have specific eligibility criteria, and it might have something to do with the patient's current health or the current disease status or lab values. Uh, because the goal is to compare similar people, not everyone will be eligible for a clinical trial, even if there's interest. So uh, the important thing is uh, talk with your physician or oncologist or surgeon and consider participating in a clinical trial. We think they're probably right for every cancer patient. Okay, and that's interesting that you you uh, you break that out into probably types of cancer, uh, how far along it has progressed, uh, men, women, different age groups, et cetera. So I'm, I'm really fascinated by all of this. It's just great information. So Jim, I know that some people have concerns about participating in clinical trials. Uh, can you share some of those concerns with us and talk about what people need to know when it comes to those areas of concern? Steve, sure. Uh, Darlene and I might share the answer to this because uh, she has a more active uh, discussing with patients, but I know just the overall concerns. Uh, people and their family want to know if they're going to get the best treatment that's available for them right now. And all of our cancer clinical trials have at least part of the clinical trial uh, treatment regimen or the part that they're studying as the current standard of care. In other words, the best current treatment uh, for that patient's stage of disease and their cancer. Another concern, and you hear this about people when they're talking about clinical trials is, I don't want to be in the observation placebo 
or sugar pill arm. Uh, that is a, uh, uh, an effect of doing a randomized controlled clinical trial is some folks are going to get the standard treatment and perhaps the standard treatment is just observation or following with scans or tests. Uh, not all standard uh, clinical trial or not all standard cancer treatments involve getting the, uh, an actual treatment or chemotherapy. If a subject or study participant is going to be on a controlled clinical trial, they'll know that in advance. They'll be told if there's a possibility they could just be followed or if there's a possibility that they'll get a placebo. Uh, we do know that the placebo, if it is given, it's given along with the current standard of care uh, clinical trial treatment or the current uh, clinical trial or research uh, observation status. Okay. Uh, some people worry about the costs. Everyone's concerned about the cost of healthcare nowadays. Uh, the question is, is insurance going to cover the cost of participating in a clinical trial? And And the answer is probably the insurance will cover the routine standard of care part of being in a clinical trial, and that's the routine office visits, the scans that the oncologist needs to do to find out if the uh, treatment is having a positive effect. Uh, the, uh, the clinical trial will probably cover the cost of the investigational treatment, therapy, or whatever uh, the study is randomized to look into. Uh, so uh, generally speaking, uh, the cost of a uh, participating in the clinical trial is no greater than the cost of getting standard of care uh, treatment. Okay. All right. Excellent. Excellent. And Darlene, uh, uh, what, what have you seen about some of these concerns from, oh. from patients? Oh, yeah. I think most patients are really willing to take a look at the trial and listen. Uh, they, they are uh, interested and really, they just want to understand how it's going to work. And then uh, we certainly try to always give them ample time to consider uh, the pros and cons. And, and then they make a decision that works best for them. And we support that decision. So do you, do you see that most of the patients that you work with, are most of them interested in research? And do they actually follow through with that? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, that's a great question. And I would say, yes, uh, they are. I think clinical trials have, uh, there's a lot more information in the last few years than there was prior to that. And so there is kind of a common knowledge about um, basics, I would say, of clinical trials. And so they are interested in learning more. Um, our doctors will often, you know, introduce the topic. Um, and then, and then I, spend more time talking about the kind of the details of the trial. But yeah, there's definitely interest. All right. And, and I love the idea of, of a trial. And if you're battling cancer, especially if it's one of the, you know, particularly uh, lethal types of cancer, uh, uh, you know, why not try one of these trials? And you never know, uh, one of these uh, new therapies, uh, one of these new uh, medications or, or some type of a therapy, that may solve it, that may delay it, that may put it 
uh, in remission. It, it may kill it. I, I hate cancer. I, I think it's just an evil thing. Uh, I mean, my dad died of cancer when he was only 56 years old. So uh, all of this is really near and dear to my heart. And uh, I just, I, I love what you're doing uh, with all of the, you know, the clinical trials. I, I love that we're sharing this information with our listening audience, and I'm sure they're very interested in it as well. So uh, we'll be uh, right back right after the break. But first, the Senior Care Live question of the week, which of the following statements is true about clinical trials? A, health insurance may cover some or all of the costs associated with participating in a clinical trial. B, participants may withdraw from a clinical trial at any time for any reason without affecting the quality of their care. C, many measures are put in place to ensure the safety of clinical trial participants. Or D, all of the above. We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, call us on our toll-free number anytime. It's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, you can stream this program to any electronic device. Super simple. Go to Senior Care Live. Dot com. Click on the big microphone right there on the homepage or the listen live button. Give it a few seconds to connect and it'll start streaming to your phone, computer, your tablet, whatever you have. It really is that simple. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. Which of the following statements is true about clinical trials? A, health insurance may cover some or all of the costs associated with participating in a clinical trial. B, Participants may withdraw from a clinical trial at any time for any reason without affecting the quality of their care. C, many measures are put in place to ensure the safety of clinical trial participants. Or D, all of the above. And the answer is... D, all of the above. We're speaking with Jim Coulter and Darlene Timmerman today. We're talking about just a super interesting topic about cancer clinical trials and just what an important thing, uh, topic that we're talking about today. And uh, Darlene, let's get back uh, uh, to you. How does Olathe Health Cancer Center's partnership with the Masonic Cancer Alliance benefit the patients you see? Well, thank you. That's a um, a great question, an easy question, actually, to answer. Um, we have a great opportunity to partner with the uh, MCA, um, and we feel like it's a win-win-win situation. I feel like, most importantly, it's a win for our patients. Um, it gives them a convenient uh, place to um in be included in a clinical trial. They're already familiar with their providers and the and the nurses here at our cancer center. And then they have the opportunity if it, if it works for them, if it's if they're um, eligible 
people and there's a trial for them, then they get the opportunity to participate here on our site. They already have the confidence in the providers here. And so it's it's very natural for them then to have that convenience. It's a win for our institution because we get to offer trials. Um, part of offering trials is expanding our knowledge as providers as well. Uh, we stay very up to date. It's, it's just another way that we can stay up to date with all the current um, the current things that are going on with oncology care and, and in fact, the future of oncology care as we do these trials. It's also uh, a win for uh, the MCA, the KU. We're able to contribute to that NCI designation, which um, you know we're very proud of in our region. So, so I feel like it's a really good opportunity. Excellent. That is wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Jim, I understand that as an MCA clinical research partner, Olathe Health is part of the University of Kansas Cancer Center Masonic Cancer Alliance NCOR network. Can you talk about what NCOR stands for and what that network is? NCOR is the National Cancer Institute's Community Oncology Research Program. And it's uh, very simply a nationwide network of hospitals, physician clinics, uh, academic cancer centers that are all working together to look at new screenings, treatments, uh, treatment paradigms for uh, cancer control or uh, cancer patients. Uh, they use clinical trials and the, uh, it includes people across the nation, rural, urban, diverse races and ethnicities. Okay, excellent. It sounds like the NCOR network is uh, also a, a big benefit uh, to people who live in rural communities. Uh, so why is the focus on rural areas so crucial in a state like Kansas? It's a crucial in a state like Kansas and really most of the areas across the United States. Most cancer patients are diagnosed at their local physician's office and treated at their local hospital or clinic. Uh, everyone can't travel the distances it takes to get to an academic uh, cancer center, and Kansas is no exception. We have some very rural areas that are pretty distant from uh, the uh, University of Kansas Cancer Center or from a metropolitan area that offers clinical trials. So the NCOR gives them the opportunity to uh, uh, be involved in the latest technology and clinical trial treatment paradigms. All right. All right. That is excellent. Darlene, how has NCOR impacted the work you do as a clinical research nurse? Well, I think it's um, given us the opportunity here at our community location to participate in different kinds of trials. The NCOR trials have brought some, uh, maybe we call them quality of life or uh, prevention of cancer kinds of trials. So they're not all treatment of cancer trials. Um, so it's kind of a new dimension, looking at the effects maybe of cancer um, and the effects of the disease and maybe also the effects of previous treatments or current treatments. Um, maybe one example is, uh, you know, like a diet or uh, neuropathy, looking at numbness and tingling of feet. Some of the um, treatments for disease may cause that. So this is a way to kind of look at that uh, as well as treatment trials. So it just opens up um, more options for us. All right. All right. And Jim, if someone wants to learn more about clinical trials in general, what are some good resources to direct them to? Probably their best resources, their local oncologist, surgeon, uh, 
a physician, physician assistant, those providers are going to have the up-to-date information on clinical trials and clinical trials that are available in their area. Uh, other good resources are uh, government websites like clinicaltrials.gov, uh, cancer.gov, or NCOR, N-C-O-R-P dot cancer dot gov. All right, clinicaltrials.gov, NCOR, N-C-O-R-P dot cancer dot gov. And what was that second one? Cancer, C-A-N-C-E-R dot gov. Cancer dot gov. All right. All right. And there, I, I know there is a wealth of information, uh, but I'll tell you what, for our listeners, there's just so much, uh, uh, frankly, inaccurate information available on the, on, the, on, on the internet. Please direct your focus to cancer.gov, clinicaltrials.gov, or NCOR, that's ncorp.cancer.gov for accurate and reliable information. That's what this program is all about. And I would uh, encourage you to go to uh, any or all of those of those websites. And then if someone is interested in participating in a clinical trial, uh, what steps should he or she take? Steve, I think the most important step would be to have a discussion with their current medical provider, their oncologist, their surgeon, and look at the links we just talked about. Okay, Darlene? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think certainly I agree with Jim. Uh, start with um, your provider who knows you and knows your disease and um, help you to find uh, a trial probably. Um, I think that would be the best source. All right. And as we approach the end of today's segment, just want to make sure that uh, let our listeners know how they can find out more about the Masonic Cancer Alliance. And, uh, and, and you talk about another just great website, very straight, simple, just how it sounds, MasonicCancerAlliance.org, MasonicCancerAlliance.org. And Jim and Darlene, thanks so much for being here today and sharing your knowledge and expertise. Uh, we all really, really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll have more right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, call us on our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, if you miss an episode of Senior Care Live, maybe you want to share the program with someone else, or maybe you just want to go back and hear it again, no worries at all. Just go to SeniorCareLive.com. 
click on the podcast tab, and that's where you'll find all of the previously aired episodes. They are in chronological order. And after this broadcast, uh, every week, we usually have the podcast uh, on the website. You know, maybe that following, you know, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, we also put a link out to this, uh, uh, the podcast every week on social media. So if you're not following us, you know, follow us on, uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter. And of course, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, linked with, you know, gosh, probably a, a thousand. A thousand people on that one. So anyway, uh, we work a lot with uh, uh, social media. You could click on the link that way as well. Uh, so feel free to help yourself. Uh, and a lot of people listen to this program after the fact on the podcast. How about that? All right. So I've been receiving a, a lot of calls, a lot of confusion, a lot of question. Uh, about this following topic. And so I thought, you know what, anytime I get a concentration of calls or interest or confusion or questions about something, I just feel that nudge to share it with you, the listening audience of this program. And that's exactly what happened here. So I want to discuss uh, some of the some of the reasons, and there are a lot of reasons, just some of them today, about why you would want to move or consider moving from one senior care community to another. And there are a lot of different reasons. You, you that could be you know assisted living, that could be long term care, that could be a continuing care retirement community. Uh, you, you may be in memory care at one of those different levels, and, and may want to look at a different community that also offers memory care. So uh, let me just go through a few of these because I've had, again, lots of calls, lots of concerns about this. Uh, so one reason that you may want to consider moving from where you're at right now to another facility or community is just due to the care concerns. And I, you know, I get calls all the time Steve, I'm, I don't know if we got it right. I think we may need your help with Senior Care Consulting to, you know, explore some other options, maybe check out some options. I don't think we got it right. Uh, and I said, well, you know, what's going on? And I get these calls and conversations all the time. And someone might say, you know, just, I, I don't know, it, it, the place is, is pretty and the people seem nice, but the one one big problem is, they don't answer their call lights. You know, when dad pushes the button, uh, it might be, you know, 20 or 30 minutes or an hour. And I'm not making those up. I'm not exaggerating. This is what is reported to me all the time. And I said, how soon did, did you expect them? What were your expectations? And they said they always answer their call lights, you know, within five minutes or maybe even quite a bit less than that. But that's just not what we're experiencing. And dad, uh, you know, he can't wait to use the restroom that long. And so he got out of bed to go to the restroom himself because he was about to have an accident and he fell and he fractured his hip. And all of this was because they didn't answer their call lights on a timely basis. We're really disappointed. It could be any other care concerns. Uh, just concerns about the care, uh, care concerns in general, and maybe you want to explore some other options to maybe identify a better fit. Uh, another reason that you may want to consider moving from one senior care community to another is just cost. 
you know, some some places are definitely more expensive than others. It could be a, a financially driven factor or motivator. And, uh, and, and we can definitely, you know, help you do that. Or you can do that on your own as well, of course. Uh, you know what? Sometimes it could just be this simple. It's just not the right fit. It, it's just It's just not. It's just not the right fit. Uh, you know, a lot of people will go out, they'll do their very best, they'll find the place, they'll give it a try, and it's just not the right fit. If that's the case, uh, don't don't torture your loved one <laughs> in a pl- or yourself in a place uh, that's just not the right fit. You don't have to put up with that. Just move, find, find another place, find a better fit. Uh, this one is kind of a huge one. It's not the right level of care. Uh, so I don't know how many times I have heard people say, you know, we chose this particular assisted living uh, community and they said, we're an age in place community and, and we can care for your loved one through the end of life. And then six months later, they get a letter saying you're exceeding our threshold we can no longer care for your loved one. You're going to have to move. And I get the calls, and I, I get a lot of these calls at Senior Care Consulting saying, did they lie to us? They said they could take care of my mom for life, and six months later, we have to turn around and move again. If I would have known that, we never would have chosen this place. And uh, so a lot of times, it's literally just not the right level of care. So you might come into assisted living. And as I've discussed many times on the program before, assisted living has its limits and and it can help a lot. I mean, assisted living level of care can provide a tremendous amount of of care, uh, but it's not a medical model. There are limits. And if you exceed that threshold, then you're going to have to move to long-term care. And I'll tell you the national statistic uh, of a, uh, of a research uh, project that I like uh, says that 59% of assisted living residents have to graduate to that next higher level of care at the long-term care level, otherwise known as the nursing home. Now, I think our community here, I think uh, our percentage is probably quite a bit lower than that because we have some assisted living communities that can offer a pretty high level of care. But the bottom line is, it just may not be the right level of care and it's time to move and it's time to find uh, a better fit. Okay, there can also be a change in management or ownership. Uh, The average turnover rate at the executive director or administrator uh, uh, level and so that this this would be the the person who is primarily responsible at the top of that of that flow chart or organization chart uh, so you have the administrator or executive director uh, those are the two probably most common titles and then you have the director of nursing or the equivalent title and then and then on down so uh, so these folks uh, now it's been a while since I've looked this up but the last time I looked it up the average turnover rate there was about a year and a half or so and so that's that's a lot of turnover in a pretty short period of time. And that's the person who runs the place. And so it could be as simple as a, a, just a, a personality issue or, you know, change in management, change in ownership. And that could uh, be the reason that you may want to move or consider moving from one community to the other. Uh, there could also just be, you know, a recent, you know, major incident. Uh, there could be, you know, some some terrible issue where uh, a patient 
uh, not a patient, but a resident passed away because of you know some sort of an issue. Um, you know, I I just read about a, a place. Now this was not here in in the Kansas City area. It was in a, a another you know major city, and I'm working for a, a family, and and they were interested in this one particular place. And then I read that they had an immediate jeopardy deficiency, and I'm like, oh boy, what happened there? And uh, and, and this this is horrible, and this is not normal. This is definitely an outlier. Uh, but you know, you had a staff uh, that that assaulted uh, not one but two residents uh, in this particular long term care community. Uh, guess what? People are going to say, hey, I'm I'm not going to stick around this. I'm I'm leaving. Uh, and so there, there, there could have been a, a major incident that is uh, motivating you to want to consider moving to another community. Um, another really common example, and oh boy, do I hear this a lot. My loved one was in the hospital and all of a sudden, really without any notice, the discharge planner, the case manager said, hey, your mom, your dad, your spouse, your loved one, uh, has to be discharged by tomorrow, right? And today, you know, might be, you know, Thursday afternoon and and you didn't know anything about it. And all of a sudden, Thursday afternoon, they're saying, where do you want us to send your mom tomorrow morning? She's out of here. She qualifies for skilled nursing and rehab. Pick a place. And you're like, uh, what are you, what? And, and all of a sudden you went from fairly relaxed, maybe concerned about your loved one to having to find a place within like a, a couple of hours. And so you just choose a place and you hope and pray that it was a good place. But if you didn't get it right or you have concerns, uh, maybe they're just going there for skill nursing and rehab. And then uh, and then then maybe that buys us some time to look for a, a permanent placement for the long term after that. So just uh, you had to choose a place fast and pretty blindly and you don't like the place you chose. And now we need to look again and do a better job there. Uh, another one, and I won't harp on this, but I've had so many people call me and they've depended on one of these free referral services uh, and they sure sound good. Uh, but, but sometimes it's a, it's a big flop as far as a disappointment. Uh, and, and then you find out, well, wait a minute, I don't even like this place. It's not a very good place at all, but it came highly recommended by this free referral service. And you find out they got paid $8,000 for that recommendation. And you're like, oh my gosh, no, no, no. I want to explore all of our options, not just the ones that provide kickbacks. <laughs> I get lots of calls uh, for, with, with uh, that one as well. So there are a lot of reasons that you may want to consider moving from your current senior care community to another one and senior care consulting can help you do that. I'll talk more about that right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, call us on our toll-free number anytime. It's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. 
All right. In the last segment, I was talking about you know, some of the reasons why you might want to move from your current senior care community, whether it's assisted living, long-term care, memory care, all of the above in a continuing care retirement community. Maybe you want to explore your options uh, for a host of reasons that I reviewed last segment. Um, you know, we can, we can help you do that with senior care consulting. We do this quite commonly and we're able to help families very thoroughly research the entire marketplace, identify our top options, vet those options, and then make an informed decision moving forward. And, uh, and, and we, we work with lots and lots of families and clients uh, doing that. We can definitely help you at 913-945-2800. 913-945-2800 or online at SeniorCareConsulting.com. All right, so I get this question a lot. Can you move from one facility to another if you are on Medicaid? So if you've spent down, you've qualified for Medicaid, either in the state of Kansas or Missouri, are you stuck in the facility that you're at or can you move? And the answer is yes, you can move. You do not have to be stuck in the place that you're at, especially if you feel like you're not getting the care or if it's not the right fit or any of these other uh, concerns that I reviewed in that third segment. So uh, here's how that works. So Medicaid, uh, let's say in the state of Kansas, you're in a long-term care community, also known as a nursing home, and Medicaid is paying for the majority of your cost uh, of your stay at that particular long-term care community. If you decide to move to another nursing home in Kansas, you can move tomorrow if you want to. And what the state does is it it stops paying the facility that you're in, it discontinues payment there, and then it points to the facility, your new, your, the new place, the new facility that you're living in, and it starts paying there. It, you, you could leave and you can move to another place tomorrow, and having Medicaid is, is, is no problem. You can move 10 times if you want to. Now, there's a catch to that. You are qualified for Medicaid in the state of Kansas or Missouri or, or any state, whatever state you are in. We have people all over the country listening to this program. Uh, so it could be Texas or Florida or you know, California, New York, wherever you're at. Um, so, so, but let's say you are qualified for Medicaid in the state of Missouri. You can move to any other uh, Medicaid certified nursing home in the state of Missouri and no problems. No harm, no foul, no, no issues. Here's the catch. If you want to move to the state of Kansas, that Medicaid qualification does not transfer over the state line. That is a challenge. So if you moved in that example from Missouri to Kansas, or it could be from Kansas to Missouri, you would have to reapply for Medicaid in that state. And I know that sounds silly. I mean, we're living in a city here that, you know, straddles the state line. But, uh, and I, you know, a long time ago, I just assumed that there was some sort of a reciprocal arrangement, you know, within a certain boundary. Nope. 
you you t- step a toe over state line road and you have to apply for that state's Medicaid certification. Now, uh, it, it's not that difficult. It's just kind of a pain in the neck <laughs> to have to do that. And when you when you move to a facility in the other state, they would have to accept you as a Medicaid pending status for billing purposes, meaning you're, you're pending Medicaid approval. You're not approved yet. Uh, but frankly, if you're approved, uh, say, in the state of Kansas for Medicaid and you want to move to Missouri, uh, it's just pretty much a rubber stamp. If you qualify on, on one side, you're going to, uh, generally speaking, I mean, there are a few hiccups that could happen, but generally speaking, you're going to qualify on the other side and it shouldn't be a problem. But if you move within the state that you're already Medicaid certified, uh, you can move tomorrow and there are no hiccups. There are no issues with that. So again, if you're living in a nursing home, you're approved by Medicaid, Medicaid's helping you pay for your monthly cost, and that is not working out for whatever the reason might be, don't stay there. Why, why stay there? Life is too darn short. Move. Move to a better place. Move to a place that is a better fit we just need to make sure that it's in the same state. And you can move to another state. That's that's not a problem. But it's really easy if you just move to another facility in the same state and just get better care, find a better fit. All right? Okay. Because of my research this last week, working for... A- family their their parents are actually in a, in another you know major city in another state and because i stumbled into that immediate jeopardy deficiency where you had uh, this this really uh, just really neat staff person uh, that that assaulted not one but two residents uh, here's my directive on that here's my strong suggestion Put a camera in the room. Well, what do you mean, Steve? What are you talking about? You can put a video camera in the room. Now, there's a little bit to that. You can put up a video camera in an assisted living apartment. You can put up a video camera in a a nursing home room. Uh, It's a little tricky if you have a shared room or you're on one side, the other resident is on the other side of the room. You want to, you have have to put the video camera to where it doesn't see the other side of the room. So it's just how you situate that camera. And then at that point, you can check in on your loved one literally anytime, 24 hours a day. And that might give you peace of mind. Also, if, uh, if, if this, uh, if, if this Yahoo uh, in, in this particular nursing home, if he knew a camera is in the room watching, I don't think he would have touched those two ladies. He wouldn't have touched them. Or I don't think, he, maybe he's so incredibly stupid, maybe he would have, but uh, but the bottom line is, I also think that's a deterrent for anything like that that might happen. Now, let me say this, okay? Usually, this is not necessary, and usually you don't have people acting like this in nursing homes. This is a very much of an outlier, but for my own peace of mind, in the state of Kansas, it is your right to have a camera in the room. In the state of Missouri, they're way behind. Uh, they keep trying to pass this through legislature, and it keeps getting shot down. So, in Missouri, it's not your right to do that. They leave it up to each facility, facility by facility. So, if that is a concern 
uh, from you and you want to look into that and, and maybe if you say look I'm not moving unless I can have a camera then that's going to narrow your search to facilities that offer uh, the uh, the option of installing a camera like I said in Kansas uh, this is an automatic it is your right to do so and uh, if it was my loved one living in any senior care community guaranteed there's going to be a camera in that room from day one and that's what i would recommend for you and your family as well all right wow that, that was a great great program just really enjoyed uh, the first half of uh, talking about the clinical trials in cancer research that was just really really interesting and, uh, and i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did all right i'm your host steve keeker and i wish you grace and peace May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week right here on Senior Care Live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.